OTB Sports Rugby. Some of the hype around Jack Crowley has been premature. He's played pretty well, but having him as the second coming of Christ seems to be a little bit aggressive. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. So yesterday uh, after the show, news broke that Lee Keegan has announced his retirement. I'm delighted to say two of his former teammates are with us now to talk to us a little bit about um, his impact on the team that they played on. I'm delighted to say Colin Boyle and Andy Moran are with us. Andy, I might start with you. Um, you know the difficulty of, of actually making the final decision. Do you think that there was any chance that Lee might have stayed on, that he, he could have had his arm twisted? Good morning, lads. Um, it's it's a, it's a funny one. I, I I stayed on after the Kerry game last year in Croker, and uh, I was quite high up in, in the stand, and I just watched John you know, making his piece of Crow Park, and I thought that day was all over. Do you know, and the rumours came out there the last couple of weeks with uh, when O'Sheen left that Lee was going to follow suit, but then all of a sudden it calmed down, and uh, we, we we thought maybe there's a maybe there's another year here, but it's uh, unfortunately for us, my own people. Donegal people, Dublin people, Clare people had it over the last couple of weeks with Tuberty, Cooper and Murphy. But uh, today, I suppose, is our day to see, I, I think without argument, our, our greatest ever player um, hang up his boots. Yeah, uh, Colin, what, what made him so great? You would have come up against him, um, obviously, in, in uh, club matches and in training. What would, have, what would have made him so great? How you doing, lads? Uh, first of all, I, I think I just uh, I nearly choked on my breakfast earlier on when I heard Shane compare him to, to Jason Park, but uh, it, was, it was an unusual one. It was meant so, as a compliment uh, now, Colin, I have to say. Hard worker, <laughs> never living this one. Down. Big game player, big game player. Okay, yeah. yeah, if you said more of a Roy Keane, maybe. Exactly, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. But, but uh, uh, what made Lee so great? Look at it, numerous different things. Look at his ability to, to man mark people, his, his athleticism, his, his pure dynamic power that he developed over, over the years. I suppose if you if you look at Lee from videos that's gone up on YouTube there from 2012, like he had a very good year, his first year starting on the panel, and then you look at videos of 2013, 14, what the specimen of a man that he developed into, and his sheer and, and pace, and obviously his football ability was was always there with that. You you throw that all into the mix, and it, it just became you know a, a serious combination, and and just he developed on but it was his mindset as much as Anthony and Andy will tell you that all came from the training pitch with them and I know James Horn was on with, with, with Joe last night and he was on <clears throat> going into the, the dead zone in, in training um, you know and that's that's exactly what he did you know he just pushed himself to that to the limit absolutely every single time he, he went out on the pitch and I think the training pitch and I think that gave him the confidence then to do what he did on match day, to just go out and just let let loose and let rip, and and that's generally what he did. Uh, Andy, sometimes when a, when a young fella's coming through to an intercounty panel, um, you know, there's there's rumours and whispers about them because they've done X, Y, and Z at club level or underage county level. Uh, when Lee was coming through in 2011, like were there whispers or was it the case of you know just one of these players who breaks through and and, and as soon as he gets onto the senior county panel, then does his business. To, I'll be honest. I, I knew very little about him before before he came into the squad. He was, um, Joe. He, he came in and he was quite he was quite erratic when he came in first in terms of his football. He, he was. Um, you could see that this guy. You could get nothing off him defensive wise. When, like I used to play wing forward. Could you believe at the time? But I used to play wing forward at the time, and you used to mark Leroy, and you, you spent half the time back the pitch. But he used to miss 
quite often the, the, the finishing wasn't there. But as, as Colm said, as, as the years went on, 12, 13, 14, he really went to work with uh, Ed Coughlin was our skill acquisition coach at the time, his SNC coach, but he did a lot of work with, with Lee on his technique. And wow, when that took off, then it just became this different animal of a player. And like Colm says about the training field, in 2011, myself, I suppose, David Clark, Alan Dillon, we were 27, 28 years of age. Our career was... Dylan had a better career than myself and David Clark. It was quite media, mediocrity, really, to be honest. And then all of a sudden, Aidan came in nine. John Lee came, or Aidan and Donald Vaughan came in nine. And then Lee and Killian came in 11. And Colm came back in 12. And wow, our, our, our whole careers lifted with these guys. So people would say, Jesus, it's a love in with Lee and all the guys that are retiring now. But without them guys, the likes of myself, Alan Dillon, David Clark, would never have had the careers we ended up having for Mayo with, without these guys. And Lee, Lee really lifted the standards around the place. It wasn't just um, it wasn't just the training field for me. It was when we got to Crow Park, he literally just took off. Like, like I don't remember Lee Keegan as being that great of a league footballer or even a Connacht footballer. What I remember from him is when we got to Crow Park, and I think his stats kind of emphasise that 7.48 in championship is insane. Like he, I think he only scored about 123 in the league. You know, he, was, he just loved Crow Park, marking the best player, and saying, you know, and it never phased him. Like, Colm is there. Colm, you couldn't see him with the walls. He was that white before the games, the week leading up to the games. I wasn't much better. Higgins was half asleep. And Lee used to just walk into the room. Colm will tell you this before, whatever hotel we were in. Lee walked into the room, hair be gelled, smile on his face, headphones in, ready to rock and roll. And he just had this mindset, lads. It's hard to explain. And we'll, we'll talk about the games. And two games really stand out for me. Of course, everyone will remember the Dublin games. But 2017, we play Roscommon, and obviously Roscommon is close to close to close to me here in in Balladrine. But we were we were gone. We were bet like we were out the gate in the, that first quarter final, and he we put him on their best player, Enda Smith, at midfield, and he scored one three lads from midfield. It was just one of the most extraordinary games. And then a guy that I grew up watching was uh, was Sean Cabinet. 2003, we're both or 1983, we're both 1983 babies, myself and Cabinet. So I knew about Sean Cabinet from when he was 15, 16. So the respect I had for him as a footballer was just insane. And then in 2016, Lee just you know, nullifies Cabinet, takes him out of the game. I think Sean ends up getting sent off. And when we needed it, he just kicks a point off his left from under the Hogan and then he goes over to the Cusick stand and kicks a point off his right and wins us the game. And it, it was just in them big moments, his mindset was just incredible all the time right through, you know? It isn't saying that he can do both the defending and the attacking. That's the bit that marks him out as somebody who's really special and why everybody's saying he's the best male footballer of all time. It's like he wasn't just a spoiler. He was also a really gifted attacker. Like just in that, like uh, Kieran Shannon, our, uh, a friend of myself and columns, Kieran Shannon wrote an incredible article about Pody in the seventies, eighties. He was the attacking wing back, you know. And then all of a sudden, you had the Paul Paul Kearns, Johnny McGurks, Noel Kennellys from Mayo that could attack from wing back and score a point. Then you had Tomas who took it to a new level, and then you had Keegan who just blew every kind of stat out of the window, like it. And that's why Mayo people love him and. Like, there's no comparing him. We don't compare him to James McCarthy. We can see that James McCarthy is this unbelievably special player. We're just talking about Lee Keegan from Mayo and what he did. In 2016, he becomes the first ever 
Mill uh, football, Footballer of the Year. He's the first ever Mill fella to win more than two All-Stars. Now he's the first ever to win five. Joe, he, he was the bar setter. He was the guy that went and just, Joe kind of said, lads, we can kind of do this. We, we, we can perform at the highest level. And like he just did return, his return in them big games was just, just incredible. I hope I don't make you <clears throat> choke in your cornflakes anymore, Colin. But I mean, where, where does he rank in terms of, like, I guess the point was he, he follows orders that, that, a, that a manager gives him so succinctly and yet he almost exceeds those expectations. Like Andy said, to, to man Mark Enda-Smith in a match at midfield and, and, and still score 1-3, like I'm sure in the team talk beforehand there's, there's no discussion whatsoever of Lee you know, banging in 1-3 that day, but he's able to exceed everything that's asked of him. Yeah, and I suppose, Shane, it, it had almost gone to the stage where it was almost a given. If we knew Lee was on a man, we were saying, well, that's him taking out the game. There's, there's no issue. There's going to be no issue with that with that player today because he was given the job of marking him. And it's because we'd seen it so often through the years. And I think when I was thinking back yesterday, I was thinking, when was the first time I remember Lee doing a proper man-marking job? What was the first task that was given? I think it was 2013 semi-final against Matty Donnelly. We were playing Tyrone and Matty was it was an up and coming player really for Tyrone. He was going really well, scoring consistently from Winford. And he was like and Lee just does an absolute number of them from from wing back, completely takes him out of the game and kicks two outrageous points himself in the meantime. And what you were just saying there about about him tacking, you know, American guys but attacking that, that's what he did. That's what he used as, as his weapon, um, to to almost nullify them and take them out of the game. And if you watch Lee a lot of the time, when he's sprinting back into position after kicking a score, he's literally sprinting back harder than, than he was when he was going forward. And let me tell you, that is that is extremely hard to do. But it was almost like he was showing his man, this is I'm going to be going up and down here all day and you're going to be chasing me. And he just he just really demoralized his opponents by doing that because he was he was so, so relentless. And you know, he'd almost be coming back with his smile on the face after after kicking kicking a score after sprinting up 90, 80, 90 yards and, and back he goes again. And that was just that was just the character he was. But I think over time his his game definitely changed. So he did that probably from, from whatever, twelve to, to maybe nineteen or something like that. And when the injury started to come in, in eighteen and nineteen. And then definitely in his last two years, I think his game changed a lot more. He was a lot more um conservative with his runs, I would say. He wasn't probably going as frequently, but his timing with them. It was almost it was almost he was going when he felt like his team needed him most, okay, and uh, even a lot of the a lot of the YouTube clips that's gone up there the la- of the last two years from him. If you look at the scoreboard in the left corner, Mayo are always a couple of points down, and it's like Lee senses right. My team need me. Up he goes, kicks a score, kicks an outrageous score, and back again. And like that sounds like a an easy thing to do, but it, it's so so hard in, in in tough pressurized moments, and that's what he was just able to do so consistently. It's funny, we've been talking about Gareth Bale with John Hartson and I do wonder, Andy, if, if one of the reasons why Lee Keegan is retiring is that he feels like he still can't be that completely dominant physical character in the game, even though the rest of us are looking at it going, Jesus, you're still incredibly effective. There's definitely a role there for you. Every other county, every county in Ireland would love to have you back at whatever physical um, or however diminished physically he feels he is I'm sure the management team are like no, you just go when you want to it's fine manage yourself <laughs> yeah we've, we've, we've got a very good young player coming up from our club Dave McBride who you'd love to get a year under him just watching Lee playing and playing in beside him and stuff like that but it, it's not going to happen but I think if, if it was the last year of a cycle so if it was James Horn so I, I thought this was Michael Murphy at the time I was thinking if 
if Declan Bonner stayed on, I'm sure Michael Murphy would have stayed on for one more year. And if James Horn stayed on, Lee probably would have as well because it's one more year kind of thing. Now we are moving into another three, four-year cycle. So it's, it's different. Lee has a beautiful wife, Aoife, at home, two, two beautiful kids, and it's just, it's just a bit different. I know we can see... And, and listen, Lee's mindset is so strong. That's, it, it genuinely is. I'd say if he went back, he'd just go, yeah, listen, I just need to get myself, get my body right here. I can do a job as well. But I'd say it's just, okay, if I commit here, what am I actually committing to? Am I committing to one year or am I committing to three? Because once you're in it, it's, it's hard then to get out of it. So I think this, he probably just felt this was the right time for him, Aoife and his kids just to, just to move away. And that second child, it makes it very, very difficult to take to, oh, yeah. time. One child is a beautiful moment, two children <laughs> is a completely different ballgame. So, uh, and like Aoife, uh, I think it's important to mention her because myself and Colm, she's been there all through Lee's career. It's like they came together, um, unbelievably supportive girl, like brilliant girl, brilliant around the place. And the two of them go together. I'm sure it's, it, it's very emotional for their whole family because their whole family, his brother and his mum and dad were always there with the team. So it's, uh, I, I suppose, a sad moment, but a, a great moment reflective as well, you know. I think about that um, attacking wing-back position, column, and granted Lee, Leroy could play in a number of positions, but uh, look, you think of, I guess, Tommaso Shea and Philly Jordan and these type of players in the noughties. But then Lee kind of changes it because you, you see the likes of James McCarthy coming through as well. Uh, and that created players like Carl Lacey and you've uh, Carl O'Connell, lads running up the flanks. Um, in a similar way to which Stephen Cluxton changed the goalkeeping position, is it fair to say Leroy in many ways changed that wing half-back position? He did really, I suppose. When you put him there with the with the names you've mentioned, certainly them boys started, you know, the the score and half back role, if, if if you want to call it that way. But Lee kind of took that on to another level, and he's almost taken it on to kind of Messi Ronaldo levels, uh, where you're thinking like it's never going to be done again. The numbers that he hit, like absolutely outrageous numbers, and you know, and it's all it's been said numerous times. He's doing that why nullifying obviously the the, the opposition's best forward. I think it would have been interesting. I know Andy has always said through the years that Keith Higgins should have been developed as a as a forward um from, from his early years, maybe back in minor. I'd be interested does he does he think Lee should have been the same? Could he have been a, a wing forward or a centre forward for us, you know, with his with his score and return that he had. But I I think just coming from deep just suited Lee. It just it just suited him because he's such sheer athleticism that actually coming from deep that whoever was marking probably wasn't going to be able to stick with them for the 80, 90 yard burst that he was making at the time and I think it was just it was just it was just ideal for his game at the time. But yeah, I think his his score in return for a back. Look at Tom O'Sullivan is kinda is kinda doing something mm-hmm. ridiculous at the minute for Kerry from that regards too, you know, he's kicking two or three points a game sometimes but uh Lee over a period of twelve years, you know, will we see the likes of that kind of score again from a from a number five or, or cornerback as he's been in the last two years? Very, very unlikely. You talk I think the, I think the only time he, he didn't really really hit the scoring heights in, in Croker was against Kerry in seventeen when we played them two games and we played him as a centre forward because remember we moved Aiden back as a full back that time. I think I think he hated a pointer, so I'm not gonna say I'd have developed him into a forward, but he uh them names lads, the Carolinas. Yeah. The Colin Boyles, the the James the James McCarthy's, uh, Jack McCaffrey, these guys like we've just been feasted with halfbacks of 
a calibre. I'm not sure, you know, like we've seen it in the 90s, but I think we've seen it now again with these guys. It's just been a, a golden era for halfbacks, and we were just very lucky probably to have two or three of them with Colm, Donal, Lee, and these guys. Um, uh, as me all, we, we were probably very lucky to have these guys, you know. I guess uh, you mentioned the club stuff as well, Andy. Like <clears throat> the fact that Westport did achieve so much this year and get over the line finally in the, in the Mayo Senior Club Championship. That must have been something that, that in some ways twisted Leroy's arm to, to say that, yeah, now's the time. I think he probably, uh, if I'm being honest, I, I think he probably had the decision made. I think it was the likes of Donny Buckley and Stephen Rochford coming back in probably stalled it a bit and made him think. Um, but I do remember seeing him in Crokerland after Kerry, and I, I remember that feeling. He, the two kids on the pitch, he waited a long time. I think there's a famous picture of himself and Horn just embracing, and I was nearly like... Uh, this this is done now so it was um, it, it was a big moment I think but the Westport thing was great for Lee it was great for Kevin Kane and the boys but um, yeah I think his decision was probably made before that Shane So Colin we're going to leave you with the comparison with Gareth Bale as opposed to Jason Park and, and rescue <laughs> rescue everybody's breakfast today that's about right isn't it? Yeah, pace, power, yeah, athleticism, yeah that's that seems a bit more fitting alright yeah certainly <laughs> Outrageous highlight reel of scoring ability yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be a pretty good reel. Now, if you match them two boys together in in, in the one video, who Patrick Sung's not he watching likes today? There you go. Is yeah, it, yeah. Maybe maybe he'll have the time to to get down to scratch. Lads, good stuff. Thanks a million for joining us. Great to chat to you about. Thanks a million. Thanks, Thanks a million. Guys. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.